It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 90, 7.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor, all the way up until 7 o'clock today on this 14th day of July. 6.06 on the clock and 84 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio, and it is a sunny day. Uh, kind of, I think it's a sunny day in Bobcat Athletics, as legendary coach Frank Solich has announced his retirement. Joey, how are you? Um... Doing well. Woke up to obviously the uh, the big news of uh, you know Frank Solich retiring as a uh, as a college football coach and as the head coach of uh, the Bobcats program. Uh, had all kinds of texts coming from family members back home about it uh, happening. I actually saw those before I even saw any kind of tweet or anything about it. Um, you know, I didn't have any kind of tip off that this was potentially coming or anything like that. And I'm not sure how, you know, inside this move, other people were, but I know for, I don't know about you, Connor, but it came as a shock to me, uh, especially just with it just being a couple weeks for the season started to have this announced. But, um, you know, congratulations to coach. Hope he, uh, he enjoys retirement. He's obviously done great things here that we'll talk about throughout probably the next hour of the program here as he's been a, you know, a, a main face uh, in in the Athens community for, you know, over a decade, you know, working up there towards two in a few years here. So, um, you know, congratulations to him. And, you know, obviously we'll get to hear all the great things that he's done, uh, not just with the team, but, you know, just, you know, just the community he created in the football program with the, uh, with the Ohio Bobcats throughout his tenure as the OU coach. Yeah, again, I mean, it's a legendary career that uh, Frank Solich had here down in Southeast Ohio. Uh, Mid-American Conference winning his coach, had an overall coaching record of 173 and 101. Uh, he was you know, fourth winning his active coach, uh, Home Depot National Coach of the Year in 99, and the uh, Mid-American Conference Coach of the Year in 2016. 115 wins at Ohio, and, uh, you know, it's just a... He was a guy who turned this program around. He was a guy who just did not lose as a head coach. I mean, the uh, the streak that he had with the 12 straight non-losing seasons uh, is pretty special. You know, I'd say pretty special for uh, you know Frank Solich, and he just brought that uh, hard work and determination, and uh, he he brought it down here uh, to the Bobcats. We got a good show for you. We got uh, Trevor Stevens calling in on the line, and uh, you know, obviously he'll talk a little and a lot about Bobcat sports. Uh, Kevin Wiseman will join the program coming up after 6.30. And, of course, your phone calls. And we might have to go with the 105 line because it doesn't look like 6646 is working. Uh, so we will let you know. Uh, obviously, we will take your calls and we will uh, allow you guys to talk about, you know, the, the legendary career that uh, Frank had. Uh, but first, Trevor Stevens, I believe he's on the line on the uh, 105 line. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing well. And, Trevor, yeah, I don't know what was going on with the phone line. I mean, I, I'll fix that uh, during a commercial break. Uh, but Trevor, you know, you messaged me last night. You wanted to come on to the sports van. Uh, I don't know if you were privy to early knowledge or not, uh, but if you were privy to the knowledge earlier on, uh, you know, hats off to you because you didn't spill the beans this morning as a press release came out uh, sometime close to 8 o'clock this morning. But Frank Solich announcing his retirement. 
Uh, you know, what, what does that mean for, uh, for Ohio? It means that it's the end of an era. So Frank came here from Nebraska. That's my family's connection. And the new coach, Tim Alvin, he's asking Nebraska roots. But it means Ohio's in a, going, going to go in a new direction, which it's not. It's, they haven't done any search committee, so it's just hiring within. So it's basically it's, you have to wait and see how this will go because Ohio hasn't made a coaching change in 16 years. Right, and that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, 16 years, and at one point, the coaching staff with Tim Albin, uh, Jimmy Burrow, and Frank Solich were the longest coaching staff uh, together in, uh, well, across Division One football. Longest tenured, you're going right, for. Right, longest tenured. <laughs> but just the longevity and the uh, togetherness of this coaching staff I think, uh, think talks to the loyalty between these guys and their dedication to Bobcat Athletics. I think what you have to also take into account is when Frank came in, I mean, obviously he was a great coach at Nebraska. He was able to coach them to a, uh, a national title appearance. Of course, he lost it to Miami, but still, and he, he, you know, he actually game left Nebraska five. after a 9-3 and three season. Um, but, uh, you know, Ohio was, had a 4-7 and seven record in, uh, in 2004. I mean, the program have had just two winning seasons since 1983 i mean it was pretty much widely regarded in the mac as a basketball program of course he had some good teams back in the 90s and you know this football program was kind of dead in the water and he he came in and made an immediate impact changing the culture around i agree with that we basically he before frank was here ohio was table at football basketball school now he's not they not only bring us back up he put Ohio Bobcat football on the college football map. So it's now a gleaning shot. When you say Ohio Bobcat to Ohio, you people would know across the country who, even Frank Solich, when you bring up Frank Solich, people would know, oh, that's Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. He, he obviously brought the notoriety of, uh, of a big-time college coach. I mean, I remember when I decided to uh, come to Ohio University a few years ago, uh, a lot of family members and friends you know, that, that knew about Frank from his time at Nebraska were like, oh, you're going to the school that uh, Frank Solich is coaching at. So obviously his, uh, his impact obviously was great around here, but it, it made waves throughout the country to other college football fans as well. It's the, his impact, I was surprised going through Twitter, and his impact when the news release came out in Nebraska spread like wildfire and all the positive support coming from Nebraska, even though Nebraska followed him. 18 years ago, which is still controversial back there. Yeah, and again, i got to put the mic on. I was trying to figure out what's wrong with the phone line, but again, uh, you know, just the impact that Frank Solich has had on this program, and uh, even, you know, like you said, with, with all the messages being released out on social media platforms, the praise that Frank Solich has received, you know, he has touched a lot of lives, uh, you know, within the athletics program, Bobcat fans in general, and uh, you know, really just everybody that he's come in, into contact with, and just the, his character kind of shows uh, when, again, when he retires like this. Uh, but and, and that speaks volumes to what kind of a guy that he was. Yep. So if you if they don't know it, the reason he's retiring is medical issues that have popped up. So so it was not. It's not like. He was 
planning to retire two months before the season opening. It just happens to be that his body, you have to listen to your body. Yeah, right. Absolutely got to make a call like that. I mean, like I, I said at the beginning, you know, it came as a shock to me. Uh, it, there was, I mean, there was really nothing going around. I mean, Connor could probably attest this too about, you know, him potentially not being the coach for the team this year until uh, we all saw the news this morning. But, um, you know, it seems like he's making a move for uh, himself. And of course he is, you know, still going to be in and around the athletic program. I think they said he's going to be uh, like an advisor to uh, the AD, Julie Crummer. So, you know, Obviously, he'll still be in and around the program a little bit, but it looks like he's just, you know, focusing on, you know, taking a step back, relaxing a little bit. I mean, he's been a football coach for almost, I think almost like six, 55 years, 55 years, so almost 55 years, five and a half decades. Head coach or player. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's almost an entire lifetime worth of football there. So uh, hopefully he's able to find some, uh, some other things to enjoy with him retirement, but um, obviously he's going to be he great. He has in this. a ton of grand. Yeah, I know, I know he has a ton of grandkids, but across the country, like, they've grown up. They're not small, but right. yeah. at least their grandkids you can go see. But it's more about, he's 79 years old. Oh, he's about 76. To turn 77. Yeah, 76, and he's about to turn 77 in October, but he's pretty old. He's... He was the oldest acting head coach now. Now that goes to feeling to Iowa. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the most telling stats to me that I saw today was that uh, before obviously retiring today, he was uh, going into the season, he was fourth among active coaches in, uh, in career wins. And just to think, to think about how many great coaches there are out there in college football right now, to have you know, a coach like that in the top five active in career wins, to have him here uh, in Ohio coaching the Bobcats. I mean, we really, we really you know, we really had a treat to watch him these past the past few years for me, and obviously, you know, I knew about the the Ohio program. Uh, I can remember when they beat Penn State back in the early uh, early 2010s with uh, Tettleton at quarterback at Happy Valley, and you know, he's just been a great coach for a really long time. And you know, obviously, they're they're going to miss him a bunch. You've seen a bunch of players tweeting out at him, and a bunch of other people congratulating congratulating him, excuse me, on his retirement. Talking about Tyler Tutton, Tuttleton. He's uh, Arkley's rumored that he's expected to be joining our staff as running backs coach and in passing, not coordinator, but passing coach. So, and Tim Alvin's going to be basically coordinator there, but basically head coach calling plays, which you see more often than not in college football. So right now that it's since he was the associate head coach, talking about Tim Alba now, who of course was uh, promoted to the head coach of the Ohio Bobcat football team. Uh, for Tim Alban, it's a four-year, it's a four-year deal. Yeah, for the four-year deal uh, again for for Tim Alban, and he didn't uh, get the interim, you know, interim head coach tag put on there. He was named as as the head coach. Yes, that's correct. Yep. So it should be an exciting time to see what Tim Alban can do with this program. And uh, I know we probably have some callers looking to get in on the uh, on the show today. And uh, Trevor, always appreciate your time. Always appreciate your insights. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Again, that's Trevor Stevens, Athens statistician, and uh, always a, a good friend to the program, uh, coming on in and talking about uh, you know the big news out of Ohio University today with Frank Solich announcing his retirement. I mean, you didn't see it coming, right? Like you, you, you I, 
gave you a couple of chance to agree with me there. Or you didn't. Well, no, but I'm the. And I oh, would say no. I, I did not. I didn't say, see it don't, coming. Don't you try to tell me no. now that you had some kind of. <laughs> no, I did not have any some insider kind of information. Itch that no, but I, I figured when Frank Solich, uh, you know, signed his last contract. You figured time was coming soon. Right. At sure. some at some point, Frank was going to step down uh, as a head coach. I think this year was the final year, right? Because it was a two-year two year. extension in 2019. Right. So. Um, so again, he signed that contract. This would have been probably his last year. Um, but he also earned the rights to say when he retired. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, he earned the rights uh, to, to have that quote unquote lifetime contract, even if it was a two year contract each time that he kept on getting a two year contract, uh, just the way that the impact that he's had on this program, uh, just the, what he's meant to, to Bobcat football over the last 16 seasons was immeasurable, right? I mean, you, you can't, I don't know what, and you can't play the what if game, you know, if, Frank wasn't here. What would the program look like? Frank was here. The program was a, a great football team uh, every single year, and that they were always competitive. Four Mac East titles, always competing. You know, especially these past, you know, it seems like five, six years now, they were always in discussion for for having a shot to win the Mac title. Um, and to your point about, you know, not really a life, but you know, they they signed that two year extension at the end there when you figured he wasn't going to have too much more time here. Um, but I don't know if you remember this, Connor, but that 2019 year when they lost that game to Miami on, on the 150 anniversary, and it looked like you know they just came out flat, and it was a couple of big years back-to-back. Miami beat them. They kind of cost them their MAC title hopes. There were some people saying, ah, maybe it's time to go in a different direction. But, um, you know, I'm glad the university decided to stick with Frank because, um, you know, just to show that loyalty to the coach that, that really made them the program that they are today. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I mean, without Frank Solich, um, you know that this program has thrived under his tutelage. It has, uh, you know, gotten five bowl wins prior to Frank Solich. You, you, the team did not have a, a bowl victory, right? I mean, we can debate what bowl victories mean and what bowl games mean. Uh, to a mid-major, I think that's what you kind of have to. That's got to be a big judging point. You're not going to get to play for a national title at any point, right? Unless you have an, an extremely stellar season. So. You know, bowl wins for these mid-major teams, they're huge. And there's, I think, a pretty solid metric to, to judge what a mid-major coach has done. Right. And I again, mean, that's usually how the guys get, you know, get those big-time jobs. Why did Scott Frost get the notoriety to get the Nebraska job? Because he was down in a mid-major in UCF winning bowl games, winning lots of games, having undefeated seasons. So, I, you know, I think maybe bowl games are being a little bit more devalued these days. But for, for a program like we have here at Ohio, you gotta you got to... Um, you got to take that for what it is, and to, also to your point, they hadn't won one before before he was around. Right. I mean, you got to win one, right? I mean, uh, if if you're in it, you got to win it. And uh, Frank made sure that this team was was in it almost. It seemed like every single year. And what was it? Three straight, four straight bowl bowl wins uh, over the past couple of years with the Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, going out to Bahamas Bowl, um, Frisco Bowl, the Frisco Bowl. That was eighteen. Nineteen was the Bahamas. Or 19 was the uh, potato, 17 was the Bahamas. Right. I mean, again, they went out there, they got the job done, and they brought home a couple of bowl victories, which were not, again, it was not easy for this program to get it prior to uh, Frank Solich. And I'm excited to see where this program goes next. Uh, obviously, Tim Tim Alvin is a very talented coach. Uh, he was a talented coach before he was with uh, Frank Solich, and now he gets the opportunity to run this football team uh, you know, by himself, and he's a smart guy. 
he is uh, you know set multiple records offensive wise for this uh, Ohio offense. Uh, obviously, when you have a, a talented quarterback like Nathan Rourke, uh, things tend to go well on offense. And uh, and Tettleton before him. And Tettleton I mean, before him. The decade, ten to twenty, there was some good quarterback play going on around here. And just because you have the good talent, you have to have the good coaching staff to back up the talent. And uh, that, that's obviously a plus uh, when you're talking about a guy like Tim Albin. Um, and he also won, again, I don't know if anybody uh, remembers back in the day, but he was the uh, Northwestern Oklahoma uh, State head coach in the NAIA, and he won the national championship back in 1999. 13-0. 13-0. So I, I think he got college coach of the year that year or, or some. I'm not sure, like, which which entity awarded it to him, but... um. Right, and it was the uh, the Rawlings and American Football Coach Magazine uh, as the Rangers, again, recorded their first undefeated season in history. Uh, so Tim Albin takes over the reins as the head coach of the Ohio Bobcats. Frank Solich announces his retirement after 55 years of coaching uh, coaching football. And uh, nothing but the best for Frank, and of course we wish him the best of health as well because it was a cardiovascular situation that uh, Frank Solich uh, said that he had to step down for. Uh, so we also hope that uh, Frank is in good health. Uh, he is 76 years old. And I even remember the story, and it happened, I don't know if it was last year, two years ago. It had to, had to been at least two years by now. But I remember the story that, that went through athletics, and they were talking about how Frank was a, uh, you know, he was running practice. Somebody threw a pass, and the receiver ran straight into uh, the head coach on the sideline. And everybody kind of just stepped back, took a deep breath, like, oh, man, you know, is Frank all right? You know, maybe two, three seconds later, Frank jumped right back up again, and he was like nothing. Uh, so even and this was when he was again probably 74, 73, somewhere in that age range, uh, and and people were you know trying to make sure that he was all right, but you know he just got right back up again and uh, continued on coaching. And I'm I'm sure he laughed it off. About if you're that. a freshman buried into the depth chart, you're gonna be <laughs> terrified. And if I, you I run over the head coach in I, practice. I don't remember who it was. Um, but again, somebody ran over uh, Frank in, in practice. And uh, but again, it, he was Frank the Tank, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a he was a, a pretty good player back in his day, and you know, Ohio was lucky to have him for as long as Ohio has had him. We'll take a short break. Uh, Kevin Wiseman joined the program coming up after six thirty, and of course the uh, you know All Star Game last night. All Star Game did not go the way of the National League. Uh, no hits for Cincinnati Reds players. We'll also talk a little bit about the All-Star game. But, of course, the main story for today's show, Frank Solich retiring after 16 seasons as a head coach of the Ohio Bobcats. We'll be right back. It's a sportsman presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Back for their Sweet 16, it's the 16th Annual Ohio Brew Week. 
Now until the 17th, hundreds of beers, select ciders, meads, and more. 22 breweries from all over Ohio. Sponsored by Jackie O's, Devil's Kettle, Little Fish, Eclipse Company Store, and the West End Distillery. Over 200 different beers to try. Go to OhioBrewWeek.com for more details. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Each year, Ohioans are injured and killed in train car accidents that could have been avoided with properly functioning gates and flashing lights. Facts show that gates and lights together prevent more train car accidents than stop signs or crossbucks alone. How can you help? Approach all crossings with caution and report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and this station. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. <laughs> Sportsman 970 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills and Mike with Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock. It's weird without a baseball game, right? I mean, you, you think the Cincinnati Reds are going to just come on the airwaves at about, uh, you know, 640 or so. But uh, we got to wait until next week. I think next week's full of, uh, or full, full of the Reds. Well, they play on. on Friday. Well, they do play on Friday. But is that a 640 game on Friday? They play at 710, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. So that'd be pretty they're, they're home against Milwaukee. Right, right. Coming up around uh, after 6.30, Kevin Wiseman of the Athens Messenger will join us. Uh, Wiseman has covered uh, Bobcat Athletics and uh, obviously is a uh, good voice in the community with, with sports. Um, so it'll be good to have Kevin Wiseman on the air uh, again coming up shortly. Um, yeah, this is kind of a lull in uh, sports. The, the All-Star break's going on. There's NBA Finals game on tonight, but um, the NFL hasn't started yet. Starting to wind down all the seasons. Obviously, hockey season ended, couple, uh, I think it was last week. So kind of a dead period once the All-Star game rolls around in the summer. But I don't complain too much because at this point in the summer last year, <laughs> I mean, I remember too many sports fans and there really wasn't uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, there weren't any going sports on. going on at that time. a whole lot of speculation on, on things. Right. But sports yeah, sticking fan. to the main topic, of course, if you haven't heard the first segment of the show, and I'm sure if you're living in Athens, you have heard the news, but Frank Solich has retired. Uh, obviously been the Bobcat coach since 2005. Um, been a big part of the community, been the face of the community, really, and, uh, you know, turned around this program that only had two winning seasons since the 80s uh, to, you know, being in a bowl game, 10 of his last 11 seasons as the head coach. It's, uh, it's quite special. And again, I mean, there, I'm sure there are some games, and Frank of the, in the uh, press conference earlier today talked about some uh, of the, uh, the games he wishes that he could have gotten back. But again, he's just... And done... obviously the MAC title would have been... Uh... Right would have been probably the cherry, the cherry on top of the of the ice cream, right? But um, you know, despite that never coming, he played in four of them, four Mackey's titles. Um, obviously, all the bowl game wins, all the wins, most winningest coach in Mac history, second most wins in the conferences of all time. 
Uh, he retired as the when he was the act, when he was active fourth most wins among active coaches, a national championship appearance when he was at Nebraska. I mean, he he you know checked a lot of boxes that coaches want to when it when it comes to uh, their career. He did, he did, and he, he's again had a storied career, and uh, really has uh, left his impact on Ohio University. And you know, Joe, what did, I've, I've seen some people say, and I even think Russ in the interview with uh, Frank Solich. Uh, kind of mentioned towards the end, uh, but do you think that you know we could see maybe a Frank Solich statue at some point outside of Peden Stadium? I know some people have even said maybe name the field after Frank Solich and have right. the uh, you know stadium still named after Peden. Uh, but what, what do you think? I mean, is there going to be a statue? Is there going to be some kind of naming of of uh, the fields? Uh, what what kind of uh, recognition do you think Frank Solich gets? Maybe not this year, but Five years in the future. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the school is going to want to do. He deserves it all, uh, for sure. And it'd be cool to have, you know, your 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 two most winningest coaches of all time. One has the field named after him. One has a stadium. Obviously, that'd be a, a cool little experience there. I mean, he de- he deserves a statue, really. If if you're going to give one to somebody, he's he's got to be top of the list, right? I mean, how many how many other guys do you think you would you would put on top of uh, of what Frank Solich has done? Just his impact. And you know, I think one of the other big things is, you know. You never saw his players in the press for bad reasons, right? Right. I mean, obviously, some of these other programs, you know, you, you see the stories of, you know, sometimes uh, of bad culture, right? I don't think there was ever an issue of culture with the, uh, with the Ohio football program while Frank was there. I think his guys were always, uh, always you know, top-notch, never always stayed out of trouble, never really saw them getting mixed in with the wrong stuff. And I think that also shows where you see all the current players, and I'm sure there's some former players today, too, who have... Uh, who have you know reached out to to give them his congratulations? I think he he had an impact on a lot of on a lot of young men's lives, and that he did, you know, and and that's um, again it, it speaks volumes of of what person what kind of person Frank Solich is, right? What what kind of lasting legacy not only does he leave at the university, but what legacy does he leave uh, within his staff members, within his players. Uh, and, and everybody else in close contact with him. And, and again, everything's been so positive, so um, you know, appreciative of his time here. And uh, again, that, that there's talks about what kind of person that Frank has been. And again, uh, I, I even put it out on, on Twitter, uh, and I, I think our social media guy put it out on Instagram and, and probably Facebook. Uh, but one of the first things that you kind of see here, if you walk in at the station here at uh, WATH and XTQ, you can see the 2005 win and it's a kind of an aerial view of uh, of Athens of Ohio defeating Pitt uh, in that one game in the uh, first game that Frank Solich coached back in 2005. And we have a nice little signed, uh, you know, signed picture of, of that uh, of that moment, which has been uh, really really cool. But on the line right now with us, Kevin Wiseman of the Athens Messenger. Kevin Wiseman, it's been a while. How are you? Doing good. How's it going? We're doing all right, and of course the big news today, and I know you put out a story uh, on the Athens Messenger about it, uh, but Frank Solich announcing his retirement after 16 seasons, and what a uh, what a career, what a legacy he's left behind here in Athens. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's unparalleled uh, with Ohio football. I mean, for people who are old enough to remember what Ohio football was like before Solich, uh, you know, they can tell you, you know, what he has done is something that couldn't have really uh, even imagined at the time. I mean, when when the Brian Knorr era ended 
uh, after the 2004 season. I covered the 2004 seasons uh, for the Post at the time. And when we first found out that Solich was going to take the job, it was almost like you couldn't believe it. Like, you know, we saw him in Nebraska. He did the national championship game a couple years earlier. And it was just hard to wrap your mind around such a name uh, coming to OU just because the program had just not had a lot of success. Uh, and at that point in time, to think about making, like, what, like 10 bowl games in 11 seasons and 11 bowl games overall and winning four of them and, you know, winning Mackey's titles, uh, you know, that, that's something that would have been hard to have imagined uh, 17 years ago after that 2004 season. Uh, and for a younger generation of OU students and Bobcat fans, it's cool because this is just what you expect. You expect you expect to be disappointed if they don't win the Mac East because that's the bar that they had set with so much. And that's a credit to Frank and what he's been able to do, how he's been able to recruit, and how he's been able to upgrade facilities and just all the different things that he has done for the program to raise the bar uh, so that they, they expect to be in contention for bowl games. It's not something like, well, you know, back you know, 20 years ago, you might have thought, uh, you know, maybe if they go four or five wins, that's a good season. And he, and he totally changed those expectations. So uh, that's going to be his lasting impact. I think uh, what he has done for the program, I think, will will continue on. That, that kind of those kind of expectations are going to continue on for years to come. And Kevin, something I found interesting today was really if you look at the whole landscape of college football and the impact that Frank had. I mean. Obviously, I've looked around today and seen a lot of even Nebraska fans, and obviously he, he coached them to a national title appearance back in his time there. But you see even a lot of them giving praise to him and, and the job he was able to do, even though it was so long ago when he was at Nebraska. Yeah, and I think Nebraska fans, if you ask them, they probably appreciate him now a heck of a whole lot more than they did when they had him, which is unfortunate. You know, he had such a tough job of trying to replace Tom Osborne and, you know, he was such a legend, and Nebraska was such a program then that it was like, well, if you're not, you know, if you're losing the national championship game, it was like that was a failure like they did in 2001 against Miami. And I think now, you know, these years later, I'm going to guess Nebraska fans, I mean, they would love to go, well, I think it was a 58-19 that Solis did. I mean, they would probably kill for us, uh, you know, a five- or six-year stretch like that right now. So, yeah, I mean, and then everything he did, obviously, as an assistant for years and years, uh, with that Cornhusker program. Yeah, and it just goes to show, I think, you know, just how well-liked and regarded uh, Frank Solich is. And, yeah, I'm sure if Nebraska had a redo, you know, they may have wanted to have kept him around a little bit longer than they did, but that ended up being a high university gain that, you know, they were able to get him when they did. And and obviously now, 16 years later, and 117, 115 wins, and, you know, just everything he's done has been incredible. Yeah, I think Nebraska would just take a 7-5 and five season at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, to think about, it's hard to imagine them being in the BCS. And then, of course, again, for older, a little bit older people, I don't think I'm not old, but I remember growing up in the 90s, I mean, Nebraska every year was a national title contender. They've obviously fallen off from that since Solich left. And then, you know, he's able to turn into a youth program. So, yeah, he, he was a big part of that success they had with Tom Osborne. You know, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when he was the head coach. And again, we're talking with Kevin Wiseman of the Athens Messenger. And, uh, Kevin, I don't think it comes as much of a surprise uh, that the associate head coach and now uh, the the full-term head coach, uh, Tim Albin, uh, was named as, again, the the head coach today. Um, I like that he he doesn't have that interim tag. He gets to 
kind of drive this program wherever he sees fit. Uh, what do you see really being different between the Frank Solich era and the Tim Albin uh, era coming up? Yeah, it's probably going to be hard, I feel like, to figure out what the differences might be just because of that continuity. Those guys have worked together for so long, obviously, not only the 16 seasons in Athens, but, you know, they were together for a few years in Nebraska. So I feel like you're probably going to see a lot of the same things. I mean, obviously the offense, you know, wouldn't change, but I think Alvin would still have that uh, kind of, you know, tough-nosed approach, uh, kind of tackling every day and every week, you know, a week at a time, and, uh, and I do agree it is nice that they are able to do it this way. Um, I think no matter when, you know, even if this had been February, I think Alvin would have still been probably a shoe in to get it, but it does keep that continuity, and it is nice, especially so close to the season, that they were able to just announce it all in one. And one time, you know, there's not a big coaching search. I think everybody probably realizes that, you know, Alvin, if he, if he wanted it, he was going to be the guy. So I think he'll be obviously, you know, you can't get a more experienced probably – assistant coach than, than Tim Alden. He's been a head coach before at an NAI level, and obviously he's been around college football for a number of years. So I wouldn't expect there to be too much of a difference this year, especially as close as we are to the season. I, I think they'll just keep on moving forward. It's just, you know, you're going to see Coach Alden in front of everybody a little bit more than, you know, than Dulwich. So that graphics and that will be a little different, but I think you're still going to see the same kind of Ohio football program that we expect. And also, I, what, what I thought was kind of funny in your in your article, looking back at at Frank, is how he he's been in and around football for fifty five years, and how he was talking about how you know he doesn't really know anything else besides getting up and, and coaching football in the fall. Oh yeah, I mean, you think about that two thousand four season, you know, between Nebraska and uh, and OU, he didn't coach, but I can remember him talking when he got hired about how he visited a lot of different schools at that time, uh, just to kind of try and pick things up. So even in that year, he didn't coach. I think he was still doing a lot of stuff. I think he was still pretty active in keeping his name out there. But yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around being in Frank's shoes today, doing something that he's done for so long, and even taking it back to when he was a player, if you want to go back to whenever he was in high school, playing you know football at a lower level. It's just been his life for so long. So yeah, it's got to be a little strange for him, and obviously with his you know, unfortunately, health issues, you know, this is something he was expecting to happen right now. Maybe, you know, that's the one thing you wish, obviously, you wouldn't want him to be healthy and everything to be okay, but, yeah, you wish he could have gone on his own terms uh, and maybe known when his last game in his head at least was going to be. But, yeah, he, he said he's had to find some hobbies, football's been his hobby, uh, for 50, 60 years. So, he said he's not a very good golfer, and, but he's going to have to find some, some things to do to pass the time now. You know, he, he's someone who... He's probably going to have a hard time just kind of sitting around and, and relaxing and not doing much for too long. So it'll be interesting how involved he still is with things. Obviously, you know, he's going to want to take a back seat still, but he's still kind of involved with the program. And yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll probably hopefully keep him busy enough there with things. Yeah, you got to imagine that Frank Solich is going to be involved in some kind of capacity. I know he's going to be an advisor uh, to Julie Cromer, uh, and, and that was at least announced in that uh, press release by Ohio University earlier today. Um, what was also reported today, and, and I think Jason Arkley probably uh, had this one first, but uh, the possibility of Tyler Telton making his return to Ohio University. Have you heard anything about that, and what could a possible Tyler Telton reunion with the Bobcats mean for the future? I haven't uh, any more than what Jason had put out there earlier, but that would be, it would be nice. It would make a lot of sense. I know Tellington has, uh, you know, done a lot for himself in his time 
playing days ended with, with coaching, and that's obviously something he's, you know, a ladder he's going to want to climb here. And, but him and him and Fellas are very, you know, synonymous. He was a quarterback for a few seasons. You know, when they won the first bowl game, he was leading the way. And, and when they went up and beat Penn State, you know, he was a big part of all of that. So if they could get a guy like that, it just kind of, even though he hasn't been involved in the program, these past few years, it just kind of feels like that would be kind of more of the continuity. It's like, uh, you know, obviously a good program like Ohio has become, you know, you, you see a lot of familiar faces, and uh, Tettleton would be one of those. He obviously knows what it's like to be an athlete, the one it takes to, you know, compete in the back, and he would certainly be a good addition, uh, a good young coach if uh, he is in the mix now. Yeah, it's funny. That Penn State game stands out so much uh, to me, Kevin, because uh, that was actually my brother's uh, freshman year at Penn State, and he was at that game against Ohio, and I remember watching it. And, uh, oh, wow. It's just funny to think. You were too happy. Yeah, right, right. It's just funny to think this many years later I end up uh, at Ohio University myself, and you know Frank's obviously still the head coach. It's just funny. It's a nice little jab I get anytime I see him. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That was a big one for you because, again, if you go back to, like I was saying before, you know, the pre-2005 days, I can remember the 2004 season, they did go win at Kentucky. And, man, that was kind of like such a huge win. They beat Kentucky, man, on the road. But to think about Penn State, that is a whole other level. And I know they were going through, obviously, you know, the issues they were going through at the time. But still, to think of an OU team going on the road at Happy Valley and getting a win, I mean, that's obviously something that's going to stand out for years to come as a big win for Stolichin for the Bobcats. Yeah, it was. And, you know, to open up the tenure now with uh, Tim Albin taking over, uh, he's got a good opportunity to beat a Power 5 team right out of the get-go coming up in Peden Stadium uh, with Syracuse making the travel down here to Southeast Ohio. I understand that Syracuse is projected to win maybe three games this season, and I know that they are not, you know, I don't want to say top-tier Power 5 team, uh, but again, they are in the Power 5, uh, and it does pose as a challenge to Tim Albin out of the get-go, what do you foresee uh, with this Ohio football team coming up this season? Do they have a chance against Syracuse? Uh, you know, what, what, what do you think that this season looks like now with the coaching change and with the questions uh, surrounding who's going to be the quarterback, whether it's going to be Rourke or whether it's going to be uh, Armani Rogers? Yeah, you know, that quarterback situation will be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, I... It is tough with OU. I was thinking about this earlier. Just because of only playing three games last year. Last year was such a strange year, obviously, with all the circumstances of COVID and everything. And it, just, it, was, it was just basically a lost season. So, you know, usually you go into this time of year and you got a whole year to look back on and to think about. And I, I don't know. I just think the way last season played out. Not getting to play those last couple games. I mean, think about how much different you might feel if they'd be able to play the last couple games and if they'd beaten Buffalo or if they'd had some success. So that, I don't know. That That is going to be a very intriguing opener just because it will feel in a way like Ohio hasn't played in like two years uh, to me. And I think that's a good opener, though. I mean, sometimes yeah, they'll open up against maybe a, an FCS school, but Syracuse is still a Division One team, but I think it's a definitely a winnable game. And anytime you can get uh, a team like that to come to Athens, it's big. And you know, if they could get a win right, off the, right out of the gate there, I think that would certainly be – a good way for the Tim Allen era to start. Yeah, and they certainly, uh, you know, they beefed up the, the non-conference schedule a little bit this year. I mean, you, you have a, an ACC school coming. You go out to 
the Big Ten Northwestern. And then also, you know, if you play another mid-major in, uh, in Louisiana who's been ranked the last couple of years. And, of course, a couple of years ago they came up to Athens and, and beat the Bobcats pretty good. So, you know, it's, it's, they're going to be tested early on this season, this group. Yeah, and that was something Foles mentioned, that he's kind of leaving behind a difficult non-conference schedule, which he is. Uh, so we'll test them early on and uh, how, how the team comes together with, you know, getting a mixture of so fifth and six-year seniors, you know, with some of the younger guys and trying to figure out, you know, be a role to get a quarterback. I mean, we saw Rogers said last year, too, it's it will be interesting to see how that all comes together, but it is going to be a challenging non-conference schedule uh, for sure. And again, we always appreciate your time, Kevin Wiseman of the Athens Messenger, and uh, you know, looking forward to the high school football season and uh, you know your coverage of Bobcat athletics again coming up because it could be uh, you know pretty special season with obviously um, you know lots of potential with the football team, a uh, high high bar that is set by the men's basketball team. And uh, obviously, with all the players returning for the women's basketball team, you know we could be looking at a pretty special seasons, uh, you know, in the fall for football, and, and obviously in the winter for men's basketball and women's basketball. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be a a big year for Ohio, and especially you mentioned that women's basketball team. When the time comes, I mean, they got everybody, so they got, you know, including the best player in program history in CC Hook. So yeah, there'll be a lot to talk about as uh, as the year unfolds. Now, before I let you go, is the uh, are the Pickums going to return for high school football, or is uh, is that kind of gone by the wayside? I'm not sure. You know, our situation with uh, some of our space limitations. I'm not sure if it will. Plus, you don't know if you want to give Troy another chance. I beat him <laughs> the last year, so part of my argument might be let's just you know we be retired at the champ and let's really have to live with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I have the same thing to do. You know? We get a little bit closer here. You know, we were able to do some of the stuff last year that we used to with some of the changes that occurred. Uh, you know, so we'll have to keep an eye on that, though. But if I don't, you let Troy know that, that he's still lost to me. We never do it again. He's never going to get revenge. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to let it's him know. I, I haven't seen him. I, mean, where, I don't know where he is. Uh, but it's it's uh, maybe licking his wounds from uh, the last high school pickup. I know. Yeah, he'll come out. He'll come out of here in a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Kevin, we really appreciate you being on the program, and uh, you know, hope all is well. All right, same here, guys. We'll see you soon. Yep. Again, that's Kevin Wiseman, uh, Athens Messenger, and uh, you know, always uh, again appreciate his time uh, and his coverage for sports down here in Southeast Ohio. We'll throw it to another quick break. Uh, we'll talk about the All Star Game next. And, of course, our phone line is open. Not phone lines. I don't know what's wrong with 6646, but uh, we'll have the phone line 740-592-1055. Call in, talk about the Bobcats, talk about whatever. Uh, But the 1055 line is open uh, for uh, phone calls right here on the Sports Fan. Presented by Jen K Contracting. We'll be right back after this. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. 
Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. We need Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Back inside for the Sports Fan on this Wednesday. It's hump day on this 14th day of July. Another caller on the phone lines. Caller, you are live on the Sportsman. Hey, it's J.W., guys. How are you? J.W. Doing good. How are you? Hey, I uh, just noticed, uh, uh, Connor, you say hot dog just like the East Coast brother you are. I love it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you got hot dog. Hey, yeah. I agree with everything that's been said about Frank. Um, you know, and plus, he was a nice man. He always... You know, whether he was working out or whatever he was doing, he always spoke to you. He was a very shy guy, but he was very kind. Um, so I, I can't add anything, but I did want to sort of balance a couple things. Um, I, I, you know, Connor, I mean, I think you sort of, I, I, don't, I don't know about bowl games anymore. I hear you. I mean, I think just the quantity of them is important, but I, <laughs> I don't know if bowl games 15 years ago are the same as now, but... Right. It is what it is. But there are two games that not only I know Frank wish he had back, but I it's not just a cherry on the, on the, on the ice cream. I just first of all, they should have beat Marshall in that one championship game. They had a clearly better team than Marshall. And I just I just can't believe they didn't win that championship. And then that Northern Illinois game, mm. When you leave twenty to nothing at halftime and are just destroying a team and lose twenty three to twenty, I, that game I will never forget. That was, you know, that man, that was one of those games that you you just don't you just don't get chances like that. I, and I think if yeah, so, he's. I agree. I just of those two, if he had won one of those. I, I just think it would have um, been so much better in terms of his legacy. <laughs> yeah, it does change everything a little bit because that, that is what was always looming over, especially these last few seasons when uh, they had some pretty talented teams but uh, just kind of came up short in the regular season, didn't get a shot to play in the title game. It was always, you know, Frank's done everything except win the MAC right. title. You just wish he could have got one of those for sure. Yeah, and a lot of talent. Now, 
you guys, I, I, I don't know how long you both have been here, but um, you're right. The last, I'd say, six, seven years, he's had some quality, quality people. But he, there were a couple of years when he had some football players that got in a lot of trouble down here. And they kept a lot of it quiet. Um, you know, you can't blame him. But there were a couple of years, I want to say around 2008 and nine, maybe 8 to 10, um, you know, there were fights all the time at Bronies and all kind of stuff going on. Uh, a couple of players I know personally got kicked off the team for selling drugs. So that stuff was there, um, just to put it in balance. And I'm not blaming Frank. I, I'm just saying the last six, seven years, he did seem to get a better quality player and person in that regard. And then quick comment, you're probably going to talk about All-Star. I know you're running out of time, but I just remember, I'm, I'm getting older now. I remember the All-Star game. I'm not talking about when it meant something. Like, like I didn't. I never did agree with that, you know, whoever wins holds the world. So I always thought that was just crazy. But I remember in the 70s, and of course I'm a National League guy, but the All-Star game had a, it had something about it that was so special. And I, I haven't felt that in like 25 years uh, for, the, for the baseball star game, any all-star game, but certainly baseball. I mean, I remember, I would say for me, the, seven, the whole decade of the 70s, maybe from 71 to 83 or 84, those were some pretty special all-star games. I mean, you actually watch, I actually watched the games and got into them. And even though you knew it didn't mean anything, players would play like six, seven innings and uh, pitchers would pitch three innings and four sometimes. It, it was just special stuff, you know, when you yeah. see a young guy come up and strike out like Garvey and Ron Say and uh, guys like that. Um, even John Dusty Baker, <laughs> all in the same, you know, inning. That was special stuff. Those are just some of my all-star game memories. I, I haven't watched an all-star game now in 25 years or really cared about them. It is so kind of, it is kind that's of sort of my take. It is kind of funny how they do hold this over that uh, the winner gets the home field advantage, but you're still, to your point, they try to still get everybody in, and you know, there's four right. guys subs at every position, and pitchers are rarely throwing more than one inning. It is kind of interesting how they try to give them an incentive to try and go out there and win, but really, that's still not the focus. Yeah, I'll give you guys the last minutes to talk, and I'll listen. But I'll call tomorrow when we have a little more time, and maybe the phones will be acting better. <laughs> right. I hope so. I mean, I'm, fingers I'm, crossed. I, I hope so. But you, I'm listening, guys. I, my schedule hasn't allowed me to listen much, so I'm glad I can hear tonight, and I'll be able to check it out tomorrow too. I always appreciate the phone call, JW. Anytime. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Well, yeah, and, and it's fair to put it in perspective, right? I mean, the big thing, and you know, there's a lot of positive about Frank Solich and what he's done uh, with the program at Ohio, but if there is one big knock, he just didn't win the big game. He won the bowl games. He did win the bowl games. Uh, and, and we can talk about bowl games you know, for probably two, three hours, right, saying are they good, are they bad, do they mean anything, um, but I will say, you know, they do mean something when you don't have one, right? I mean, if that's something that everybody else has and you don't have it, you know, you, you got to have it. And, uh, you know, Frank Solch delivered five bowl wins uh, to Ohio University uh, and a couple of, uh, you know, more bowl appearances. I'll tell you what was a stinger. Uh, 
my freshman year, sophomore year, would have been twenty fall twenty eighteen. They had that really talented team uh, with uh, with Rourke and Olette and Irons in the backfield and Poppy, Poppy White. White on the yeah. outside and Hagen in the in the secondary on defense and all the all these other guys. And uh, they went down to Oxford and and lost a, a tight game to Miami when they tried to come from behind. And that was a really talented team because remember they blew out you know San Diego State who had been a pretty good program in the past in the Frisco Bowl. And remember they also beat the you know what, out of that Buffalo team that came to Athens that year. Remember, it was like 45-7 to seven with I, I, Tyree Jackson was a quarterback. I, mean, I, I don't remember the score off the top of my head, but I thought they even reached 50 or maybe, something. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But it was a, it but was, yeah. it, they proved they were clearly probably the best team in the conference by beating Buffalo, who, uh, who ended up losing in the MAC title game anyway. But that, that one stung. That was a really talented team that year. Uh, and then, of course, the next year, the, the, another tough loss to Miami. The, the, there were a couple stingers towards the end, but as... You know, Wiseman brought up the fact that they that was the expectation towards the end, right? That if they weren't winning that uh if they weren't getting to that Mac title game, it, it was it was kind of seemed as uh as a wasted year in a sense. Um and you know, I think that goes to show how how much winning that he ended up doing in his time here and the precedent that he set for the expectation that Ohio football was supposed to be in the Mac title game every season. Right. And it seemed like every single year preseason polls don't matter, but People think highly of your program in those preseason polls. People say, you know, this is a team that should be good. And more often than not, you know, Ohio met those expectations. Did they go all the way and did they win the Mid-American Conference Championship? No, uh, they did not. And that's something that still has eluded uh, Bobcat football over the past, uh, you know, a lot of years. I don't want to say past couple of years. It's, it's eluded them a long, a long time. But just where the program was, what Frank Solich was able to do here at Ohio was pretty special, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking about Frank. And uh, you know, nobody's going to forget what he did for for Ohio, uh, and wish him the best of luck in retirement. And um, you know, good luck to Tim Albin, because this is going to be a uh, interesting next era of Bobcat football, and we'll see where Tim Albin is able to take it. For Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. A big thanks to our callers Kevin Wiseman, Trevor Stevens, and of course J.W. Smith. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow. CBS News is next. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.